Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm ready. Right foot back. Begins with a U. It ends with an A. Has a meal dish up there. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw review as the other Cultaholic lads brace themselves for a showdown in Saudi Arabia. We are here via our Ica Pro-powered DeLorean staring down the barrel of a long, dark, lean decade in WWF <laughs> wrestling. Who be we? I be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell, along with the bear in the big blue bar cage, head pedal Cultaholic, doesn't need a pencil, gets it right every time. Justin Henry from off of America. How you doing there, Tommy? Doing good. It was an exaggeration to say a decade because it does pick up by 98. But we are about to dip into a, a very dark time in professional wrestling. Well, yes. And but at least we have this show to kind of... Uh... You know, lighten the mood a little bit. Exactly. That is what we try and do. Um, today, uh, at least, obviously, Justin Henry is from off of America, as he is one to do. Uh, I'm coming from the, the quarantined quarter of the, the Campbell Cottage in Newcastle upon Tyne. Uh, I've, at time of recording, I've been off sick today. Uh, just, mm-hmm. je- I just, I thought I'm no good to anybody this morning. So, but I was very aware that we had our, com- our time is precious. Me and you, Justin, our time is precious. So... Manned up, womaned up, non-binaried up for the sake <laughs> of our chat together because we have ourselves a special guest with us this week. Yeah, because remember, the champ doesn't get any days off. No. Tom Champel. Tom Champel. Uh, like it. Yes, we are joined for this episode by our very good friend from the Cultaholic Discord, Miss Sydney Zumowitz. Sid, how are, you, how are you today? I'm good. I got some great sleep. I... Uh... I got myself a cup of ice, so if I uh, can't talk for a minute, uh, I've got uh, something to fuel me up a little bit. <laughs> since you have a is... cup of you have a cup of what? Sorry, ice. A cup of ice. Yes. No, nothing in it. Just ice. No, it's just ice. But I mean, there's some water in it, but it's because it's melting. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> what do you do? Do you just like crunch it like sweets? Yep. Yeah, it's like a it's like a little um it's like a smaller type of ice that's like more um easy to uh chew that it doesn't hurt your teeth. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. It's just, it sounds like some sort of Hollywood diet type thing. Oh no, it's it's just a weird thing I do. She's part Amish. Ah. Uh, <laughs> you Amish and your ice crunching nonsenses. So <laughs> For those people who are who, who may not be familiar with you, Sydney, um, tell us what you do with, at Cultaholic. So at Cultaholic, I'm basically a moderator on the Cultaholic Discord and technically the Facebook group as well. 
I don't use Facebook a ton, so I try to do stuff on there, but basically I just like I'm I'm one of the people who's like approving the posts on the Facebook and chatting about during AEW on the Discord and stuff like that. You are very much part of our uh, our internet team. Internet I don't want to say minions because it sounds degrading, but minions <laughs> who keeps that end of the world a turning. For that we appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and you're happy to come back into a time in wrestling before you were even a glint in the eye today, aren't you? Because you weren't even born uh, at this point in the wrestling world that we're about to talk about today. Nope, not at all. I was probably about five years and a month away from being born. You weren't even a consideration. Well, you might have been. I mean, I might <coughs> I be wrong. I mean, uh, my brother was born in 97, so they were probably considering to have a kid, but not me yet. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, they want to see how the first one turned out. <laughs> oh, that wasn't so bad. Or, or, or they thought maybe we can get it right with the next one, and then boom. <laughs> I felt like they were aiming for an attitude era baby, but it was just a little bit too early. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> she was a week after Jericho, I think. So that would be like the um the actual countdown was for that. Ah, the more that you know. There's three. <laughs> <laughs> Us three are now going to venture uh, back in time to 1994. Before we do, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a rundown of some of the things that were taking place uh, in the wrestling world uh, at this particular date. Where and when are we, first of all, Justin Henry? Well, the early date for this episode was Monday, July 11th, 1994. This was taped 10 days earlier on a Friday night in Bushkill, Pennsylvania at the, at the world-famous Fernwood Resort. Oh, we're back in Bushkill, baby. <laughs> Times is tough, Huck. Oh, uh, a few notes from uh, the Wrestling Observer for this particular week in the wrestling world. Um, Brett the Hitman Hart is obviously a, a beginning uh, a, a major rivalry with Owen Hart, something they're trying out on the uh, house show circuit at the moment, something they're working through. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer, there may be some question as to whether Bruce Hart will be appearing at shows in Brett's corner for matches with Owen. Uh, so Owen obviously has Jim Neidhart in his corner at this time. Uh, last week's promos for the shows in California, they mentioned Bruce being in the corner. However, this week, they've said it was just Brett. Justin, is it very possible that Bruce Hart has just pissed off management? Well, he actually will appear on an upcoming episode of Raw in what is both an awesome segment and a horrible segment at the same time. Well, spoiler. Uh, get in! That's, that's uh, Bruce Hart's specialty, that is. Um, there's also a lot to talk about around uh, Bruce Hart being uh, usurped for the British Bulldog in some of these matches as uh, as Bret Hart's corner guy. That's what we call an upgrade. Yeah, very much so. You'd be, you'd be in, even though Bruce Hart was uh, a bit of a busy buzzy when it came to uh, the WWF, you would be annoyed because, Sid, I don't know whether you're aware of this, but the, the Bret Hart-Owen Hart feud that has very much been the cornerstone of wrestling in the early 90s, it's, it's, it's been great, hasn't it, so far, Sid? Oh, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Do you realize it wasn't initially, it wasn't meant to be Owen? Really? Who was it meant yes. to be? Bruce Hart pitched somebody completely different. Who do you think Bruce Hart pitched, Sydney? Um. <laughs> I have no clear. idea. Bruce Hart pitched Bruce Hart. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> 
He Bruce absolutely went. did. He was the one that said, hey, I've had this great... I think, so from what I gather, Bruce went to Brett and said, hey, let's do a story where like the brothers fall <laughs> out. It'll be really good. And then Brett went to Vince and said, hey, Bruce has had a great idea, but I want to make one minor adjustment to it. Yeah, Bruce was a, a, a very, very good wrestler. He's the much older brother of Brett and Owen. But if you, if you read Bret Hart's memoirs, which everyone should because it's a hell of a book, um, Bruce is basically the star of his own movie at all times. Oh, he really uh, is, isn't he? Oh, ev- everything he does, he tries, he basically tries to, what's the, what's the phrase? He, uh, shoot he basically, yes, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much that. That's pretty much that. Uh, he's just, he's just constantly in and around the pitch and he's constantly trying to make himself stand out in everything that he does. <laughs> Pitching stuff all the time for stuff to do. I mean, a guy that stands there and wears sunglasses twenty four seven. There's something to be said for that kind of behavior. History's been very negative to Bruce Hart, and I, I, I could see why. But I always got the indication that he was a damn good booker for Stampede Wrestling and was very forward thinking, creative, a little bit out there, but someone who wasn't afraid to take risks. So I, I think, I think Bruce kind of has a very uh, mixed legacy in wrestling. Maybe. And perhaps some of his positives should be accentuated a little bit more, I think. Yeah, you're right. We do give him a kick in. And we will do again soon. So that'll be fun. <laughs> um, we will. Okay, pop quiz for you, Sid, and for you, Justin Henry. Okay. Fill in the blank from the Wrestling Observer. There has been serious discussion of bringing blank in full time as part of a pushed babyface tag team. Somebody maybe. From uh, from WCW, somebody maybe from the other side of the world. Who do you think that might be? Wow! Um, yeah. Somebody who would here. eventually end up in the WWF anyway, but uh, there was potential to bring him in six years early. Six years early. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking two thousand ish. Was this somebody who went to WCW and, and came over as part of the um, acquisition of the company? No, they were okay. over before then. Okay. What do you reckon, Sid? I, uh, you put me up against Justin. I have no idea. <laughs> How much? May I venture a guess? Go for it. Taz. Taz is a very good guess. Sid, would you like to have a guess? If you were you watching, were you aware of like wrestling in early two thousand, or are you aware of wrestling in early two thousand? <laughs> Honestly, no, not really. Ah, fine then. I, fine. I, I, I Her first really word was know. velocity. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you missed metal. My God. <laughs> well, I'm going to put you out of your misery, Sid. I'm going to give you the answer. It wasn't Taz. Um, from the Wrestling Observer, there is serious talk of bringing Chris Benoit in full time as part of a oh. pushed babyface tag team. I didn't know he was from the the other part of the world. <laughs> well, he was wrestling wow. in New Japan for quite a while. Yes, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. See, see, this is this is why we have to educate her on the on different stuff. Obviously, she's very much so. But she's learning. She's learning. We're doing I'm well. Trying. Uh, I'm trying. She's and, with the summer around the corner, uh, SummerSlam is uh, literally just a few weeks away now. The Summer Sizzler Tour is going to be at Madison Square Garden uh, in August, uh, featuring Bret Hart and Razor Ramon versus Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart, featuring Shawn Michaels and Diesel taking on the Head Shrinkers, and Tatanka versus IRS in a strap match. 
I'm okay with that as long as Wardlow gets a few shots in. From the Observer, for all the positives of adding these special effects and creating a more major league entertainment atmosphere at these shows, it's more than offset by running three nights in succession in the same cra- in the same market with the same lineup as the crowds this weekend indicated. So they ran three shows around the. They're basically planning to run three shows at Madison Square Garden, the NASA Coliseum, and the Meadowlands with the same show every single night. Yeah, that's not super wise, I don't think. No, you mix it up a little bit. Hang on, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Let me see what the, what the attendances were for these shows. Um, Meadowlands, 4,000. Oh, yeah, you're doing great. <sighs> Na- Nassau, 3,100. Holy S. Where's the... Go- I didn't even see the garden on here. They just skip the garden, or they just forget there was a garden show. Maybe they. Oh, that's a good question, actually. Is I it, yeah. Hang on, I, I, <laughs> I jumped ahead a lot, and I found a source of pride. They ran the Philadelphia Spectrum on August sixth in front of oh. 1,800 people. Oh God! Now, when, now when I was at SummerSlam, there was about twenty-one thousand there four years earlier. <laughs> and and who would want to see? Bob Holly take on the current Ring of Honor world champion in the, in the middle of the show. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 money. It's absolute money. It's, it's absolute money. money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so those are the highlights from the Wrestling Observer. We now throw it to Justin Henry to guide us through uh, what may very well turn out to be a uh, a pivotal moment and perpetual bliss uh, <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. Go for it, Justin. Well, we start out with a very familiar voice, somebody who hasn't worked for WWE in about five months. That would be good old Jim Ross. Make yeah. his grand return while, while Vincent Mann is currently on trial and uh, Gorilla Monsoon is presumably either um, home dealing with the issues of his son passing away or, uh, a week earlier, or maybe he's producing from backstage. It could be that. But either way, Jim Ross is on the air with Michael Savage, which is a very, very interesting combination. Yeah, I I quite enjoyed it to be honest. At points, well, just, just hearing Jr. in this era is, is so different from now. It really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is it because he's getting names right? Well, there is <laughs> there is that, and Savage is kind of like Excalibur in the fact that they have beards. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that um, that Savage is is trying to come up to Jr.'s level on commentary. They just feel like a conceited effort from Randy Savage to, to do a bit more this time. A conceited effort? Yeah, I think so. You, you mean concerted? Conceited? Yeah, that's probably what I mean. I'm poorly, <laughs> leave me alone. See, see now, a conceited effort means that Savage is being very vain. <laughs> no, he's, he's not a vain man. <laughs> John, could you... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> John, John, um, could you come around and kill me? Now, um, <laughs> I, t- I told you I was dying this year. Um, John. <laughs> this is foreshadowing. John, uh, could you please draw Macho Man having a conceited effort? <laughs> Thank you, Jeez. John. Jesus. I'm we got TB. I think I've got that. Uh, I think I've got that uh, coronavirus going around. <laughs> Okay, I guess I'm carrying this show. <laughs> You're doing great, honey. <clears throat> all right, Tommy boy. Sydney, this is all yours. This is your moment. Remember me. <laughs> I'll always remember you, Tom. Thank you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, g- I'm 
I'm going to figure it's a share of Brett put Brett puts on a Herculean effort in his match, so this is appropriate that I'm carrying the Brit. This is basically me turning on Skype, starting the podcast, and just going, Justin, I'm f***. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got this. I got this. <laughs> okay, okay, Sid. You're going to be Joey Morella for this. <laughs> I, I don't know who that is. That's that, that was the referee for Brett versus Davey Boy. Your job is to basically, when Tom needs help, we're going to pass along instructions to him and, and help guide him through this show. <laughs> okay. Any good gags that you're happy to give up, Sydney, uh, I'll happily take them. And, right, and wow, we what a weird week to have a Joey Morella facsimile on this show. I was going to say, mate, I, I really bit my tongue there. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We start out with a very... um. Very good uh, video package on the one, two, three kid narrated by Jim Ross, showing all of his upset victories, hyping him up as kind of the Rocky Balboa for this forthcoming match. And with Brett being the Apollo Creed, which is one hell of a visual. I loved it. I loved the way that this video made the one, two, three kids seem like a potential spoiler tonight. I mm-hmm. thought it was really powerful. They in short bursts, like with with such a weird, depleted, lean, peculiar roster. They do have these moments when they do these, when they do these videos, pack, these video packages that make matches at least attempt to make matches seem so important. Well, they've always had that ability. They, they've always understood production better than any, any other company up, 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 to, up to this point. But you really appreciate it now when it's like Nikolai Volkov, a monster representing Ted DiBiase, Bob Backlund, a wrestling legend. They will headline next week. Yes, the um, the posturing grandeur of it all. <laughs> you appreciate it more when the roster's crap. What I liked about this, this is he said he he became a tag team champion. Doesn't mention who his partner was. Doesn't mention who the opponents were because they are all persona non grata. Name redacted. That was all six months ago. <laughs> because of the turbulent times we live in here in 1994. He was, he was a tag champ on his own. That's all that matters. It's all that matters. He held both belts. He was he was trying to start his own Ultimo Dragon-like collection of title belts. Exactly. It's the same way that the WrestleMania 20 main event is Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. And nobody else. No, no, no. no. Stevie Richards is in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a wonderful No Mercy reference. <laughs> when Stevie and Eddie embraced afterwards, it was great. <laughs> do, you, we... do you understand that reference, Sid, or should we? I, think, I feel like we need no, to. No, right. I okay. Don't understand it. okay. God bless you, you for being so good. You want me to? Go ahead. All right, Sid. There's a game called No Mercy for Nintendo 64, which. Many consider the best wrestling game of all time, although me having played Here Comes the Pain, I know better. No, so um, I heard. Wrong. Um, there was a story mode on, on No Mercy that was based on all the angles from 2000. It, they were all just kind of co-opted into the game. And Big Show okay. at the time was in WWE's doghouse because he'd, he'd put on a ton of weight. He was apparently moody and lazy backstage, so they sent him down to Ohio Valley for a while to kind of mm-hmm. humble him and get him in shape. So okay. he's not even in. If I recall, he's not even in this game at all because of mm. um because of his issues and, and it was just just a little wake up call. So any angle that involves him in the game or that, that involved him in real life that's in this game, they replaced him with Stevie Richards. Okay. 
Steve Richards was an underpushed manager of right to center at the time. And they just <laughs> threw him in there just as kind of like, yeah, why not? So the it's joke like, oh, is, he, won the, he won the squash match. <laughs> yes, so here's Stevie squashing three guys and whatever. <laughs> so, so you could play through WrestleMania, couldn't you? But with a very different quirk to it. Yes, pretty much. And uh, so Stevie's is he, is he fill in for Chris Benoit in WrestleMania 20 in, in, in our twisted mind that <laughs> because we can't include Benoit anymore, <laughs> Michaels, Helmsley, Richards. <laughs> That's great. I think they should do that on the network anyway. And it'd be a dead easy to do. You just go replace all Chris Benoit with Stephen Richards. <laughs> yeah, you just... um. It's Richard's doing all the moves like he's on Nick Arcade, and he's like, he's like, like in front of like the green screen background. He's playing along. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. I will take this. Oh, by the way, um, before I forget, I had a Photoshop in mind while we were in, in the midst of your coughing fit. John, I want Bret Hart as Apollo Creed entering to Living in America from Rocky IV. Yeah. With a dragon. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> Because Tom's sick, throw a dragon in there. Put a dragon in there for me, please, because I'm poorly. Thank you. <laughs> and Earl Hebner's Drago. Earl Hebner has a dragon. <laughs> Touche. Instead of doing Ivan Drago, instead of doing Ivan Drago, do <laughs> Ivan Dragon. This is what cold medicine does to your kids. <laughs> I am out of my tree. <laughs> we see the Hall of Fame with Brett putting kid over. As the future of the company. Never mind. In fact, he has to put Jeff Jarrett over in the same speech. He's not important here. <laughs> <laughs> so it is Kid versus Brett tonight. And Randy Savage informs us if he wins, the whole world's going to be calling him the World Wrestling Federation champion, kid. Or not. That's <laughs> one of those lines that looks probably really good on paper. But when you deliver it, you go, actually, no, that doesn't really scan. Mm -hmm. mm, no, it really didn't because that was done during the ringside stand-up portion uh you couldn't really edit that out i guess no so bret hart versus the one two three kid for the wwf championship first i'm gonna ask you guys before this before we get into this match what did you each think of it sid you stop i uh i i honestly really really enjoyed it it kind mm. of reminded me more of like uh um, I like a a later school like um, WWE match and stuff like that. Like when they were kind of in their prime, like around the like when when they were using more flippy guys and stuff like that. And I just feel like hmm. it was just a really really good matchup, and Brett really carried One Two Three Kid like into like this incredible match, and One Two Three Kid held his weight and all that sort of stuff. And I just I was really intrigued because I didn't know how it ended. So I didn't know anything. In fact, I was even messaging Justin. I was like, oh, well, uh, well that's uh, okay. And then he's like, wait for it. So <laughs> like that sort of stuff was kind of cool to like be like, well, I, I don't know what's actually going to happen. It's not like a normal WWF match around this time where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is obviously going to go this way and <laughs> nothing else is going to be different. Or you say this match was ahead of its time? I felt like it, yeah. Tom, what did you think? I was trying to think back, and, and I think, <clears throat> remember the Marty Janetti doink two out of three falls match? Yes. And how much we enjoyed that. Absolutely. I think this is the best match since then. 
I think it's the best match overall, personally. But yeah, well, oh yeah, I think it's I think it's it's superior to it. But I don't mm-hmm. think we've had a match of this quality since then, and it's both really it, it's really it's really exciting and it's really sad because it's really exciting because that's kind of what Sid said. This felt like something really different. This felt like to 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 paraphrase an AEW star. This felt like a paradigm shift. This felt mm-hmm. like something that was very different about uh, the WWF to everything else. It felt like something new, something fresh. The sad part is, like as history tells us, it this is this is this isn't this isn't a a, a spike that starts a trend. This is a blip mm-hmm. on the graph. Yes. Which is which is devastating. This doesn't spike a trend. This is literally just a boop on the on the life chart of the WWF. Nobody took time to look at this match and go, "This should be what we're doing." This was merely an oasis on the desert of the of the wretched Attitude Era. I'm sorry, the New Generation Era, I should say. Yeah, but uh, it, it absolutely was. That's a great way of saying it. But yeah, this was. But I, I loved it. I thought it was a great match. Justin, what did you think? Um, it was I loved it when I watched it 25 years ago. I loved it, and all times I've watched it since, and I loved it just as much now. So clearly, it's held up after a quarter century. Ramon, Justin, when you, you out of all three of us, you're the only one that watched this first time round. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your thought process when you were watching this first time round? Well, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here, and and, and obviously, Brett wins this match. I just want to point that out, but there were what? Points, Jesus. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> I, was, I was wearing the spoiler hat, can't you see? Oh yeah, sorry. Continue. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yes, um, there were points in the match where I thought Kid was going to pull this out because he pulled off so many upsets before. I was ten years old watching this match, and, I, and I'm thinking he's going to do it. He's going to do it because back. I mean, nowadays I watch that figure. All right, well, he, I'm sure Brett make him look really good, and and, and he'll get his shine in. But Brett's going to pull it out in the end, obviously. You may be more jaded and cynical now. But back then, I was believing. And that's how great this match was, because Brett's playing it not really heelish, but more aggressive, where he's where he's the dominant veteran. And Kid keeps finding these openings and creating his own chances. And it starts overwhelming Brett at different points. So there's actually a beautiful story here that shows you know, Brett is the wily veteran who relies on his instincts and experience. And here's Kid taking his chances to try to you know win the payday of his lifetime. He's just 21 years old here. He'd have been the youngest champion ever by far if, if, if he actually did, if he accidentally won this match somehow. But I mean, yeah, this is this is what wrestling should look like. Not yeah, even... I feel like um, I feel like one, two, three kid had a lot of offense in this match. Like it was more than Brett at some points. Well, keep in mind, Brett can always, uh, you know, Brett's already at his level, and that, and that's not going to change. He's all about bringing other guys to his level, and. And because he loved Sean Walton so much, he had no problem, you know, having a 25-minute knockdown drag-out affair with him where he made him look super strong. So, so let's jump to the beginning here. We start out with Kid entering first, and there's, like, obvious nervous energy in his eyes. Like, you can tell that he knows this is the match of his life. Whether that's just character stuff or I think there's a little bit of, um, a little bit of reality in those eyes there. I don't know if you caught that or not. Yeah, I, I I could sense he was there was a nervousness about him. There always was in matches like this. There was always like a vulnerability with him, which I thought mm-hmm. kind of worked for him because he was a smaller guy, and there was like this 
Yeah, and it would be. And it, that's what made him so relatable at this point. He was like a young guy who was sort of living out his dream. There's kind of two versions of that nervous energy you can do. And there's a good version and a bad version. There's a good version like this, which is sort of silent. And sort of you can see as he's walking towards the ring, the cogs turning in his head. Like, mm. this is like a big thing. And, and uh, you know, I've got to focus, I've got to do this. Compared to the, uh, the promos he did after he beat Razor Ramon, which made him sound like a child. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, just... gosh, I spoke to my, my mum and my nan, and they were all really happy for me. And oh, thank you, Mr. Ramon. I don't think I want to fight you again, Mr. Ramon. That's crap nervous energy. This was I'm... big nervous energy. I'm just happy to be here. I'm going to do charity work for the company. I don't, I don't need a push. That, that, He's like somebody at the end of a quiz show. Well, I've had a lovely day. I've had a great day the quiz. And I think we're going to take the money. Thank you very much. That's crap nervous energy. Yeah, you need the uh, the guy who's humble, but is still a fighter, which is what. Yeah, that's it. Like, 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 I'm going to figure out a way to win this match. That's the one, two, three kid. So Brett comes out, and then we got Owen and Nightheart hitting the ring before the match, just to kind of uh, play mind games and jaw with them to get escorted out. I guess Owen doesn't want Kid to win because he wants to make sure Brett's still the champion when he gets to him. That was. A- think the story we were going for and just remind us that this is 1994 owen calls brett a scaredy cat <laughs> we'll leave it to you what word owen would have preferred to use Had there been <laughs> i mean it would have been in the cat vocabulary perhaps but perhaps a synonym <laughs> welcome to the g era oh yes and the g doesn't stand for good no, it certainly doesn't. And the first move of this match is my favorite spot in the whole match. Kid gets an arm drag on Brett. He, like he, he, it's just this great snap arm drag that Brett wasn't expecting. And Brett, while still seated on the mat, kind of pauses. And he tucks his head to the side with this sort of, like, sort of raised eyebrow, impressed look on his face. Like, oh, not bad. Like, like, oh. like, he, like he's impressed by that move. He wasn't expecting it, but now he realizes that this might not be the docile, vulnerable, you know, prey that he's up against here. This may be a, a real contender. Even though he respects him, he may be taking him a little bit lightly there. And, and now he's learned not to do that. And like you say, stuff like that makes a guy. It really does. That's how you sell. Yes. I'm not, I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a guy who watches this. But that's how you sell. So early on, Brett, for the most part, dominates the match. Kid gets his little moments like, like, like a kip up after a body slam where he's just trying to, you know, he's on the defensive, but he's trying to put up a front that he's on Brett's level. But Brett, for the most part, is just destroying him. Even though, although Brett takes a bump that I've never really seen him take. After Kid hits, hit, hits him with his leg feed reverse ends of Geary, Brett's stunned. He's reeling on the ropes. He does a full 180 over the top after a spinning heel kick from the 1-2-3 kid and lands ass over tea kettle on the floor. I mean, Brett went flying. And, and you never see Brett take that kind of flip bump ever. He just went absolutely over the top. And it was just stuff like that that makes 1-2-3 kid look like a, a world beater, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're, I mean, he's... They build him as 212 pounds, which, let's be fair, that's extraordinarily generous. 
Sid, was there any points in this match that stood out to you that made you go, ah, this is actually, this is, that was nice. Stuff that made you think maybe one, two, three, you can do it. Stuff that maybe suspended your disbelief a little bit. Anything like that? Um, definitely uh, that 180 you just meant that uh, Justin mentioned that one was like a, a big point where I was like, oh my God, he might actually do it. And then like when he was hitting like multiple um, aerial aerial shots, like from like from the top rope and hitting every like I think he hit it like twice or three times or something like that. And I'm just like, there's got to be one time where Brett blocks it or something like that. But it was like, oh my God, he's actually like doing moves on him and like it's it might actually do it i mean i was like i was still pretty sure like brett's gonna end up winning but i was just like wow i mean this portion of this match where it looks like brett's not really knowing what to do he could get like caught off guard and all of a sudden like roll up and one two three kid could be the champ and that would be absolutely insane You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. So, kid, after that little flurry there, he starts taking a hell of a beating from Brett. He, he gets in some flash pin attempts, but for the most part, whenever you know, it's one, two, kick out. I want to back up Brett's back on the offense again. Because Kid is just he's trying to he, he's trying to find a way at this point. He's but Brett for the most part just has him dead the rights. He just can't quite put him away because Kid is so resilient and he's so determined. Kid tries for a crucifix. Brett just drops him with a simple Samoan drop. One, two, three. But Kid's foot was on the rope, but Earl Hebner missed it. And Brett. You're thinking this is the match is over. It's going to end on this little crappy note. But Brett insists upon restarting the match. After telling Hebner off, insisting that kid, no, no, you got the foot on the ropes. I can't accept it this way because I'm a fighting champion. And, 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 and Hebner doesn't listen to Brett until Tim White shows up. And good old Tim White, the uh, man of many suicide attempts in, in, on W SmackDown and such. That was a weird time. Very, Sid, don't ask. Um <laughs> Yeah, Tim White shows up and backs Brett's assertion up. The match will continue. I love kid... that bit. That whole bit in the match where it was where and it's and this it's that story again of of like the the, the classy championship reign of Brett Hart. 
who mm. was was on the back foot with the one two three kid and 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 a lesser champion would have gone you know what i've done it he was that was that was a bit hotter than i was hoping to handle that's it i'm done the whole thing of bret hart going well no i've got to do this fair mm. fast forward <laughs> fast forward 18 years later i think it was SummerSlam 2012 Sheamus versus Alberto Del Rio for the World Heavyweight title in the feud that would never end. <laughs> Sheamus takes Del Rio down, pins him one, two, three, but Del Rio has a foot on the ropes. Del Rio is rightly protesting. Big dumb Sheamus is, is smiling and celebrating. Del Rio is rightly furious. He turns, Sheamus bro kicks him, and then celebrates again. And they wonder why no one likes Sheamus. <laughs> I can't I can't get over. It's true, though. I can't get over the comparison. Now, like, Seamus was such the opposite of what Bret Hart was here. And there's there's part of you that... I mean, even if, like, in that particular instance... Do you remember that one, uh, Sid, Seamus and Alberto? Yes, I, I do remember that. Like, wouldn't it, would it not have been better if Alberto was defend, was was arguing with the referee, I got my foot on the rope, foot on the ropes, and then Seamus says, okay, fella, fine. He got his foot on the ropes. Let's restart. And the ref goes, okay, ring the bell. Bro kick, one, two, three. Yes. Oh, but... yeah. Problem is, Vince thought everyone would love the babyface bully character because he beats up the heels. But some of his heels are actually liked, like Daniel Bryan. It's like Vince is trying to do long division with a typewriter here. <laughs> Does not compute. So we're back to the match here. And Brett is now finding it very hard to put Kid away. He gets a snap backslide, which looks really good. Brett uses a DDT. When does Brett ever do a DDT? I don't think I've ever seen him do a DDT. Well, we saw him doing here. That's great. And Savage even caught on to it. He goes, Brett using everything he knows. Meaning he's using moves that he doesn't usually demonstrate in a match, but he's, he's digging deep in the repertoire because he can't put this little guy away. Brett goes for the second rope elbow. Kid gets the boot up. It was not a flying nothing. Although it was not quite as brutal as when um, Sammy Guevara on Wednesday tried to fly into the ring and Matt Jackson just <laughs> murdered him. Oh, Christ. Yeah, that super kick. Jesus. <laughs> on Twitter, apparently, he's acting. Everyone's like, man, that was an insane shot you go, you took. And Sammy's just like, what are you talking about? Like, and my chin hurts for some reason, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was. It was nice of Sammy's uh, ghost to show up with Jericho and Hager during that later segment. Because <laughs> that, uh, that was the best kick of all time. Oh, yeah. And, and speaking of kicks, Kid fires back with his kick parade. Not quite a kick party, but a kick parade. He, he gets this great running corner drop that gets Brett right on the chin. I'm, I mean, he, um, he tagged him with it. He, he gets a pseudo moonsault, which is like his little sideways moonsault that he did sometimes. Gets two out of that. And Kid pulls out a pissing powerbomb on Bret Hart. <sighs> Where did he get the strength? I realize Bret's helping him, but come on. <laughs> There's a million near falls here. Flying leg drop, gets two. And Bret, and then Bret gets knocked to the floor. Kid goes up top. And he almost overshoots Bret with a somersault senton from the top rope. They had to sell it as a Brett partially deflected him, but got, but still got part of the uh, brunt of the beating anyway. Back inside, Kid misses a flip senton. Brett goes for the sharpshooter. Kid grabs ropes before he can get flipped over. And this is the spot that I think as, as a kid got me. Brett puts Kid up top. 
goes for the superplex. In midair, Kid shifts his weight over, lands with a cross body. I thought that was a that was a spot. That was incredible. That was just just those little moments he keeps pulling out that make you go, he's gonna do it. He's actually gonna do it. It was so good. He he keeps on keeping himself in the match, and Brett just you see the frustration in Brett now because Brett is the master of subtle acting and wrestling. Brett goes up top, kid throws him off the top rope. Kid goes up himself, goes for the missile drop kick. Brett catches the feet, sharpshooter, it's over. And Brett, Brett embraces him afterwards. Savage and JR get up and applaud. Brett helps Kid up and embraces him. One of the greatest matches in Raw history, even 25 years later. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely I have no, agree. I have no qualms with this match whatsoever. I'm not even listening I, for... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I thought this was this was stunning. This was a stunning way to start Raw. And this is the majority of the show this week, is this match. And it's exactly as it should be. Like, give these guys the time, and they will give you the world. And they did. Mm-hmm. I hit pause after this match. So I can go get something to drink. I saw the time was like 27, 28 minutes, and I just smiled like, yeah, less crap. <laughs> I was just so happy. This isn't like Jared was the tongue where I hit pause like, God damn, I got 35 more minutes to go. No, I got 20 this time. And yes, it still holds it today as you, as you, as you two, upon your first viewing of it, have indicated here in 2020. It was just, it was, it felt so different, did it not, Sid? For sure, for sure. Like, from the other stuff that I've watched for this show, it just looked like classic 90s and, like, nothing really, like, like mind-blowing or like anything that made me think like into like the caliber of some of the people later on like in the attitude era and stuff like that and this match definitely was like the first one where i watched it and i was like you know what i would totally go back and rewatch that like if i had the time mm-hmm. i would i would go and rewatch that just for fun i don't think there was anything from any of the other shows i would go back and rewatch. <laughs> If I had to pick a Mount Rushmore right now of the best Raw matches at this point, obviously this is in the front, is in the elite position, along with the Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, uh, Loser Leaves match, uh, Gennetti and Doink, two out of three falls, and probably the second Gennetti-Sean title match where Sean, Sean managed to retain the belt like not long after the Marty Doink match. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Where, where Marty lost after wiping out on the floor. What a crazy idea. What a crazy idea to have shows built around wrestlers that can wrestle. I know, right? It, it, it's Thursday, insane. what a concept. Like, let's just have that. If you do that, then you will have a good wrestling show. <clears throat> and, just, and just a little um, addition to this. I know Sid and I both watched this match on a Thursday, the day after Dynamite in Atlanta. We watched this after yep. the Lucha Bros versus Hangman and Kenny Omega. We watched it after Cody versus Wardlow. We watched it after Moxley and Jeff Cobb and that Battle Royal. And and we still love this match. After that amazing episode of Dynamite, the best Dynamite yet. Yeah. And, and this didn't even pale one bit. This would have fit right in. Absolutely. I have to agree with you both. And, and I'm the... Uh... I'm the NXT graded guy at Cultaholic, and even I had to put my hand up and go, you know what? <laughs> AEW smashed it this week. Like, NXT was nowhere near. NXT it was one of the weaker NXT shows. 
compared to the best episode of Dynamite there has been. I didn't even watch NXT, but I want to echo what you said because I, I want to get into this great line from Scott Keith many moons ago. Scott Keith reviewed the infamous Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior match from Halloween Havoc 98. And he says, no offense to anyone, but if you like this match, you're a goddamn crack-smoking, brain-dead moron. <laughs> so I'm going to apply that to the NXT AEW comparison here because AEW hit a freaking home run. They really did. They really did. And <laughs> I enjoy I'm very that. biased. You are I'm biased. Very, you're very, very much very AEW, biased. aren't you? Yes, I am extremely AEW. I mean, I'm going to Revolution next week, so... <laughs> You're just gonna Ooh. watch the, gonna watch the execution of MJF in person. Yeah, I'm so excited, <laughs> and oh, I get to meet Mox. I'm amazing. so so excited. Oh, you're meeting Moxley. Get in. Yep, I'm meeting him on uh, Sunday of uh, Sunday of next week. So you may oh. have the belt by then. Mm-hmm. Oh, the belt. Always oh, facing Jericho. Of yeah. course he is. <laughs> Do you think he is? I think, I think he's going to win. win. Mm, I don't know if he is. If anyone was going to take it off Jericho, it would be Mox. My line of thinking, they wanted to go into his current hometown of Vegas to double or nothing as a champion. Exactly. Ah, I see. That's, that's just my line of thinking. So that concludes the fun portion of the show. Onto the and do you know what? And that also concludes the fun portion of Raw for some time now. Um, like for the most part, yes. Although this is this is a real point now. We're we're just you and I and Sid. We we stand on the on the precipice here of of uh, of, of of something of something big. Like from from where we are sat now, we have seen on the horizon this wasteland known as the New Generation era. Mm-hmm. And every week as we move forward, it's got closer and closer and closer we have just passed the sign that says welcome to the new generation era we are now in the zip code of the new generation era and it's terrifying well there is um one more good raw before SummerSlam, if it's any consolation okay well that's that's really i'll see that as the uh the service station the the the, the garage (laughs) before we get it deep into the new generation era zip code. Yes, I'll I'll fill the car up while you dip, while you take the nice longest piss possible in the dirtiest bathroom possible. I'm going to take a big long piss and have a big long cry, and then I'll go in and buy some snacks, and you fill up the car. Well, speaking of piss, here's Todd Pettengill. Yay! <laughs> With the SummerSlam report, which if nothing else did give us a SummerSlam theme song, which always makes me happy. Yeah, I like the SummerSlam theme. Underrated. Todd is- Todd is dressed like a Dada's artist here. That's why I have no <laughs> a, idea. A what? A Dadaist artist. You know, <laughs> D-A-D-A. Like, like he's eccentric. Okay, I'm not familiar with that one, but it, it's a nice joke that many will get. Hopefully. Um, our sponsor is Domino's Pizza, because why not? Good sponsor, that. Some good money to be made from Domino's. Oh, well, Domino's a big franchise at this point. Oh, absolutely it was. That was... um. That was the go-to pizza place in this country and, st- and still is in many ways. I just wasn't um, sure when it was founded, whether or not we were in the, uh, oh, we're the early stages. Like Domino's is like the first franchise I knew of for pizza, and I knew that many years even before this. That was um, that was the Friday night order pizza, have soda and play video games uh, night. And Domino's was always the go-to. 
I also well, loved the whole point where Todd Pittengale was like, it's sponsored by Domino's because Domino's delivers SummerSlam. And I'm like, I just want to smash my screen right now. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> it's like, I hate how they take the sponsor. Like, This isn't just WWF or WWE or whatever. This is everything where the sponsor, like whatever service they provide, they somehow have to verb that into whatever it is. It's like ESPN's college football game day is sponsored by Home Depot, which is, you know, the construction co- um, store. And they say mm-hmm. it's a college game day built by the Home Depot. Uh, oh. <laughs> I just, I hate it. I hate it. And it's, and it's unfortunate because every company does it. But I understand why they do, do you know, it. Yeah, do you know whose fault it is? Do you know whose fault it is? <laughs> What's that? I think, it, I think it's Google's fault. You think so? Yeah, because Google became a verb. That's true. You're right. To the point where people say, oh, I just Googled this. And since then, companies have desperately tried to make their word in some way, shape or form a verb or verbiage. Over here, there is a uh, there's a catalog store in the UK called Argos. And when the with the rise of of uh, Internet shopping, it struggled. So they they changed up their strategy a bit and started basing up more on online shopping. And they did a whole campaign uh, encouraging people to argos it. And it was just so cringe. It's like, oh, you have to, oh, I argosed this new sofa. No, you didn't. Stop it. <laughs> Don't stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> stop trying to make argos mean a girls verb. <laughs> Tom, mean girls, Campbell. Damn right. It's like, you know, the whole classic review protected by Magnum condoms. <laughs> I mean, that'd be fun. Well, yeah, One company that it would work with. <laughs> protected yeah. by Raid Shadow Legends. Yes, I'll place a call today. What do you mean, what the hell is a call to Hulk? We're a, we're a podcast that was Monday Night Raw. Hello? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, can we be sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends? We can get sponsored by the Cold Hot Classic Raw Review. Yeah, protected by Raid Shadow Legends. Everyone's doing it. I want to do. I want a video where I say, "Hey, this is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends." Look at this. I'm a fighter, and it's brilliant. I'm having a great time on this game. <laughs> If you use this code, you get this much currency and yeah. use all your money. <laughs> hey, do you know what? Sign up now. Use the code Tommy's a twat, and you get a thousand in-game coins. You could buy this fun fez. Well, well, <laughs> I want that in my life. All one the time of my I've favorite that things. One of my favorite things was when someone uh, there was just like a random person on YouTube or something. And they're like, if you ever see me sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends, I'm trapped in my basement and I need help. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm the opposite. If I get sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends, I will die a happy man. Knowing that I've accomplished everything. Well, better hurry up then. I know. I'll crack on because I'm running out. If you're listening, Raid Shadow Legends... There is um there's a guy on uh, there's a guy on YouTube called the Internet Historian mm. who I love mm-hmm. and uh, and he does really sort of off uh, sort of off the off piece sort of pieces on internet pop culture and stuff like that and he started getting sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends and he does these really deliberately crap animations to advertise them and it, and they're very tongue in cheek 
And like one of the one of the adverts featured him bursting, like a, an animated character bursting in someone's living room, saying, "What's that? You're playing games consoles. Get rid of that. Play on your phone." <laughs> to which the guy goes, "That's my kidney dialysis machine." And, <laughs> just, and I watched it this morning, just full of flu and sadness, and it genuinely warmed my soul. And I thought, I want to get sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends at some point. <laughs> We need Just... to make that happen. Yes, that I will make happen. Unlike Fetch, I would like that to happen. So back to the Call of Hawk Classic Raw Review, kept regular by X-Lax. <laughs> <laughs> Set free by Senecott. <laughs> it's at this point that Todd Penton Douche informs us that... This is this point. Tom Pattengill says, "Hey, SummerSlam is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends." <laughs> he, he informs us that tickets are going quicker than umbrellas in Seattle. <laughs> now, if you live in Seattle, don't you already have an umbrella? I think you were like born a big with rush? it. Yeah, why is it like a big rush to the market? I never see Fraser Crane with an umbrella, so I assume Todd Pattengill is lying. Well, that's why he's bald. Very true. <laughs> All the water, wa- all the water, wash it away. And plus, uh, he he doesn't own any rakes either because he keeps stepping on them. Aha! I sound like the Evie then from Family Guy. Ha uh-huh. ha! <laughs> he's like or- he's like Orson Welles filming a wine commercial. <laughs> that's all you're guessing. Uh, oh. I'm not doing another take. That's all you're guessing. <laughs> just the just the depths of your ignorance. so yes this is the first ever event at the brand new united center in chicago hold on hold on hold on john can you do orson wells sponsored by ray shadow legends yes (laughs) not saying it again oh yes they're even better when you have no dignity (laughs) thanks john sorry sorry justin carry on (laughs) If you've never seen the critic bit, ever seen the Orson Welles bit from the critic, you owe yourself. <laughs> oh, what luck. There's a French fry stuck in my beard. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yes, it's the first event at the United Center in Chicago. That is, that is indeed a fact. It's also the last big event they'll ever hold there. Yes, because they preferred uh, Rosemont Horizon. Ours is now known today the Allstate Arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not what? know that. Why they favor that, I'm not sure. Perhaps it is because of the rent in the United Center. Or or as some have posited, I believe, because the Bulls of the NBA and the Blackhawks of the NHL use the building so much, and Rosemont isn't, 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 um, isn't used by those two. It's always available, so you can just book it whenever. Mm. I figure that's probably the, probably the actual reason. Availability. So we learn, here we learn the main event for SummerSlam. And who, it's a doozy. The Undertaker <laughs> versus The Undertaker. What? Two right. Undertakers? Wah, wah. <laughs> I'm seeing double. Four Undertakers. <laughs> Surely that's a mistake, Todd. You just said Undertaker twice, you silly well, goose. What's the real main event? Well, here I'm going to give Todd a little bit of credit for once in my life. Wow. Even he knows this is stupid. <laughs> Todd Pentengill, who who dresses like a minimum wage art teacher, 
and thinks and thinks dumb prank phone calls are the best way to entertain a radio audience. It's true, There's actually. That is, low, that is low-hanging fruit. And, uh, and I work for the BBC, so I can say this. <laughs> Him and Scott Shannon have come together to hate this match. <laughs> they agree on one thing. That's the one thing they agree on. I'm, I seem to remember Scott Shannon for about 20 minutes of the morning on... Uh, on, uh, on on the on the breakfast show, just just really railing on the Undertaker Undertaker match from 1994. <laughs> How far apart were his teeth? <laughs> I don't like this match. <laughs> <laughs> sit, sit, just don't ask. Scott I'd have preferred it if brought. Scotchen has a speaking ability of an Easter Island head, which is frustrating because his his afternoon. Colleague Broadway Bill Lee is the slickest talker in the on the planet. Put Bill on breakfast. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, just don't ask. Um, WCBS FM Broadway Bill Lee, the greatest radio presenter of all time. Put him on breakfast and my close personal friend. One thing, uh, one thing I remember with uh, Todd Pitt and Pittengale talking about this match. He's like, he's like, I mean, you got two Undertakers. How did that work? Does he just stand in the ring and does he fight himself? Well, I don't know if he's gonna fight himself. Well, that's <laughs> well, yeah, one he guy could... in the ring. Well, I mean, he could do that, but it would be very messy. Monty Python did it anyway. <laughs> Monty Python oh. did a look up, Mon... look up, look up a Monty Python sketch called Colin Bomber Harris, and it's a wrestling match where Colin Bomber Harris fights himself. It's amazing. I'll look it up. It's Graham Chapman just having a wrestling match with himself with John Cleese doing commentary. Funny you mention that because doesn't the doesn't the Dark Warrior spokesman resemble Graham Chapman but shorter? I never thought about that. He's pretty a bit bigger. He's pretty a bit bigger than Chapman was. Well, I mean Chapman's like six foot five though. He's very, Chapman's he's also very... yeah, he's also very dead. Well, uh, which would which would certainly make him not the leader of the Dark Order. <laughs> well, well, you never know. I mean, stem cells. Hello. It's Raven. We already know they spoiled it. Well, they it's... didn't. They didn't because they when they. I liked how it was. It was like that bit. That bit on Dynamite when they spill out into the crowd and you see Raven sat there. It was a bit. Jim Ross was a bit like when you walk through town and you see your ex and you kind of think to say something and then you stop yourself. <laughs> you kind of, if you listen, you can hear Jr. mentally put the brakes on. <laughs> well, I think I think Raven being there was just foreshadowing the Quebecers reunion. Oh, do you reckon? <gasps> Once PCO jumps ship, and uh, I mean I Adam Bomb I... might not be available for it, but no, probably not. He's about six feet. He's about six feet away from a comeback. But um, the <laughs> well, he's not actually. No, he's in prison. He's about six miles away. But um, it's I think the Raven thing that the Raven thing was I, I got I get the impression Raven's there as a backup in case Matt Hardy doesn't come through. <laughs> I think I think he was just there because he lives in Atlanta. It was just like a little fun little red herring and a little nod to everyone like, hey, look at that. I want more spoopy people just sort of randomly captured backstage to keep people guessing. Father James Mitchell. Jake Roberts. Um Barry Horowitz. <laughs> that, that is the spoopiest. Gangrel <laughs> Well, speaking of spooky, we come to the most insane Paul Bearer promo ever. Oh, yes, we do. I'm so into it. Well, not only that, I had to hit Paul's one point and laugh for about five straight minutes because 
he has a smoky filter in front of him to make him look more ghostly, which is the one that Barbara Walters uses when she's on The View, I guess. Make him look young. <laughs> um, the, the, the hide all the blemishes. Paul Bear tells us, and, uh, and, and this is a, a pretty much a direct quote, that Undertaker was persecuted for his beliefs. <laughs> now, last I checked, he was just beaten unconscious during a, during a casket match by ten hoodlums and rolled into a casket. There, there was, it wasn't like he believed in creationism, so, these, so Diesel had to come in and beat him half to death. <laughs> he's, not, he's not Galileo. He's like, look, there's stuff in space, and they said, we, we must silence him. They did make it feel like he was some sort of martyr. Yes, he's he's Taker Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Undertaker's face on a piece of toast. I <laughs> would have been wonderful. <laughs> he is the Messiah. <laughs> he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> he is the Messiah. He's the Messiah. Now, f*** off. <laughs> How shall we f*** off, oh lord? lord? Said, watch the life of I'm Brian sometime. <laughs> watch the movie The Life of so Brian. Lost. It all makes sense. The, the what? Sorry? Life, Monty the Python's life. life of Brian. Okay. Sort of the, I have not the... watched very much my Monty Python besides clips from Holy Grail. It is a brilliant movie. Mm. And that one scene alone justifies it. Incidentally from, incidentally, from the Holy Grail, the reason that like, they genuinely couldn't afford horses for the film, so that so the them the guys walking behind King Arthur clacking coconuts was meant to be like a yep. placeholder, and they went, let's just leave it in. I, it was funnier that way. It. I love it. <laughs> it's because very pious. I think that's the most. That's one of the more iconic scenes, I think. And I think, and oh yeah, I, only Python could get away with doing that. <laughs> That and then it's only a flesh wound. <laughs> Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's <laughs> off. No, it isn't. Good stuff. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm enjoying the tangents this week, everybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're very... Um... Oh, yeah, there's a second match still to come. Crap. Um... I feel like I'm in a fever dream this week. <laughs> That's me every week doing the show with you. I'm, I'm just because I think I'm quite poorly. I think it's 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 adding. Yeah. So so, so anyway, yeah. Taker said, "Let my people go," and he got smashed in the head with the urn, and he took seven <laughs> months off. He basically calls DiBiase a false prophet, which I'm wondering what the hell's going on here at this point. You got to see this promo because Paul Bear. He told him there was a bonus if if, if he went way over the top, and he went way over the top. Mm-hmm. This is this is not understated, Paul, whatsoever. The the thing is about all of this, and then we'll move on to the next match. Um, it just feels like this has been booked out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it was just last like last week we were just we were under the impression that the Undertaker was he was just bad now, and that's it. Yeah, the and then Taker's all of a sudden next out. week, oh, there's two. Here's Paul Bearer. Tell you about it. Well, apparently the weekend shows explained this, but it's who the hell's watching Superstars in 1994 besides me and. Six other geeks. Exactly. Like you, you on the biggest stage, you refuse to tell the story. Yeah, you, that's like saying like Austin versus Rock has been signed for WrestleMania 17, and you're telling us that on like Jacked or something. Exactly. You wouldn't do it. So back to the Cold Hot Classic review fueled by Folgers Coffee. 
<laughs> and Raid Shadow Legends. Running joke. We, yes. We hope. Crush versus possible future Dark Order great exalted leader Matt Hardy, who at this point has a flat top and is doing the, a muscle man pose. <laughs> Isn't it amazing weird. how we are we are watching this guy like in 1994, unaware at the time that in 16 years he will become the talk of the industry once again. Well, you mean 26? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> I am. I keep forgetting that the 90s wasn't yesterday. <laughs> it's okay. You're a very tired boy. I'm so old and tired. I'm it's dying a... this year. <laughs> no, you're not. Stop. Oh, I am. It's fine. I'm at peace with it. <laughs> Sponsored by Joe's Taxidermy. <laughs> I'm not the doctor. I'm just going to regenerate into like I don't know, just some engineer called Keith. You're going to come back and wrestle hey, a, 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 a Tom Campbell doppelganger at SummerSlam. Oh, I was persecuted for my beliefs. Tagline for the show is Christ. They made two of them. <laughs> Savage calls himself the Forrest Gump of the WWF. I've and if, if I may. I don't run. know what that means. He runs. <laughs> yeah. he did he just come out of nowhere. Hey, that's a movie. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I just assume he said it because he runs. I don't know. Uh, it's, <laughs> and he gets all of these opportunities, even though I don't know if anyone else in his position would. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be that, or it could be um. Hell, I don't Maybe know. Maybe he's a world famous ping pong champion, and we just don't know it. Maybe as a friend with no legs. I just wonder whether he got the films mixed up. And he just went, it's I'm possible. the Forrest Gump of the WWF. Are you sure, Savage? Yeah. Like, I'm constantly fighting with my lightsaber, and I'm going to bring down the Empire. Uh, that's not Forrest Gump. Randy. <laughs> I'm the Vincent Vega of the WWF. Because I, I bring beer to the movies. I'm the Weekend at Bernie's 2 of the WWF. Oh, man, I shot Finkel in the face. <laughs> John, I want Randy Savage in Pulp Fiction in whatever role. I don't care which. He, he can be Mia for all I care. Lay on the bed smoking. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Savage doing the, <laughs> the Marcellus Wallace while Pompous Circumstance plays. Yes, please. <laughs> Actually, don't draw that. Don't draw that. You'll get in trouble. Draw um, that. <laughs> Tom says very forcefully. No, Tom. Tom's his inner. Tom's uh. Tom's like the from like Emperor's New Groove. He's like the little devil on the shoulder. <laughs> Draw that. Dance, Chopper. <laughs> I like evil Tom. Dance, maybe, Chopper. Maybe Tom's ahead of the Dark Order. Oh, that would be awesome! I would be so happy. I'm leaving Cultaholic. Bye. I'm off to be a Dark Order now. It means I'd get to see him on TV, and that's awesome. Yay! I was, hey, I was on NWA this week. Yeah, we haven't talked right. about that. that. You were. You were. That was awesome. I'm basically, I'm basically the new Jim Cornette. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, I've been on NWA more than Jim Cornette has this month. <laughs> good point. Wait, does that mean I'm Brian last? Yes, you are, mate. And, and oh. in, in my heart, you're Brian first. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Jim, this question comes in from... <laughs> Just do a headlock for an hour. Don't do anything else. Jack from Newcastle wants to know 
why don't you put your dishes in the sink when you're done with them, like Where everyone you... else does? Where... <laughs> why don't you just do a headlock for an hour as a wrestling match? <laughs> What's well, yeah, what I asked. I'm funny. <laughs> well, I can do Brian last. I didn't realize that. <laughs> that was a very good laugh. Very Learn good. something new every day, and my voice just cracked. <laughs> so, so the gist of this very brief match here is that Matt Hardy's very agile and avoids Crush for a while, and a Crush kills him with a super kick. Not quite Sammy Guevara levels, but still lethal nonetheless. Can we talk about Savage's commentary during this match? We most certainly can. Okay. <laughs> I think that... As Crush was heading out to the ring, I think Randy Savage had a stroke. Okay. Because obviously there's the, there's the Forrest Gump line. And then every time Crush starts hitting moves, Savage starts going, Go! I don't. I am so lost. And he just kept doing it. And JR was like, Stop well, it, man. Stop it. I understand that at this point in time, the World Cup was going on in the United so that's States. What... Yes, it was in the US, and and I did a little bit of digging into this, and it was the World Cup was on, and they do reference that. But I think that I it, it'd been on for about a month, and at no point had they referenced the World Cup at all. No, 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 until they, today. No, actually, they did because Savage picked some obscure country to win it a few weeks ago. Uh, oh yes, he did indeed. He did indeed. But well, that was the one mention. My theory is, right, because I looked this up and I thought, why today have they mentioned the World Cup? And it turns out that the day before this episode of Raw went out, presumably the day they went to the studio to record commentary, it was the quarterfinals featuring Romania versus Sweden being held in Stamford, Connecticut. Ah, yes. Which makes me believe... That Savage must have just seen some football fans on the way in to work and went, I'm going to talk about football today. And also, that was the summer that, um, that Andres Cantor, the man who became super famous for saying goal in that fashion with these stretched out um, enunciation. It was indeed. That was the it, year that that was born, wasn't it? He became super. Well, I think it existed for years, but he, he became famous for doing it because the cup being in America, it, it became kind of a pop culture phenomenon. I mean, Letterman had Cantor on a few times to do the shtick because it was it was it was the end thing. Mm. So there, so because as we all know, the World Cup does not exist unless it is happening in America. That's <laughs> damn right. Yeah, I, yeah, I, just, I get it. <laughs> I was just like so confused because it's as if like. He just forgot every other word he was going to say. <laughs> and just every time he talked, it was just goal. And I'm just like, okay, this man is either dead and that's a recording. Or like Tom said, he had a stroke. It's a pull string doll. <laughs> Savage had to take a piss. So they brought in Bruce to play him for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, That's actually a good shot for the next three months for, until Savage leaves. Let's figure out what, what what times it's Savage talking and what times it's just Bruce recording lines while Savage is doing something more important or moping in the hallway. I hear a door. I'm here. You promise? No, I, no, I, 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 I am here. I heard I, I heard a crash, so I just poked my head around the door to make sure that Pablo hadn't done anything but anything <laughs> ridiculous. Is Alex okay? Well, she's not here, so it's fine. <laughs> so she's okay then. 
Oh, so, yeah, <laughs> she's more than okay because she's not around, not not around my diseased ass. At the ah, moment. good. Knowing, Pablo... knowing how cats are, Pablo probably knocks something down. No, he was uh, he was he knocked something off the bed, but he's been he's been sat on the bed watching OSW review for the last hour. Oh, well, that's great! I loved your uh, the Valentine stream where Pablo <laughs> was totally silent for the majority of it, and then made one loud noise, and everyone freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it romantic watching her little cat have a little sleep? It was so romantic. I watched the entire thing. <laughs> There's like 130 people watching at one point. And I love what I love is Alex's reactions and stuff like that. Because I'll put that cam I'll put that camera on. And Alex was like, Why are you why are you bothering? What's what's the point? And then we watched it on the and then she watched it on her phone and it said 130 people. And it just baffles her, like, why are people watching? <laughs> I had nothing what? else to do. I didn't have a Valentine. <laughs> oh. Well, so that was a, that's was the my, loss my to the universe, question. Sydney. Mm -hmm. Loss to the universe. Did you send any cards? And if you did, no one replied. Give me their zip code, and we will deal with them. <laughs> I got a I got a present from my mom and one of her work friends, and then my really great friend, who's also my roommate, she gave me something. But other than that. Uh, that was it. Actual Valentine's Day. I had my cat on me. That was about it. Oh. Mm. I had somebody on, a friend of mine on Twitter put out a, a tweet and it was this beautiful bouquet of flowers and some chocolates and all this stuff. And, um, and it just, and she put the caption and it broke my heart a little bit. The caption said, just got bought these by my absolute best ever work friend. What a great friend I've got. Like, really emphasizing friend. And I was like, oh, no. I don't think that was why you did it. <laughs> and I think you've missed it. And I thought, oh, if I was that guy, that would kill me. I feel no. like I might be wrong. I might, well, I'm not going to say their name because I might be completely misjudging the situation. But it looked as if, like, this is the guy who went, this is my moment. I'm going to just do something amazing. And this is where our love will blossom. Oh, what a great friend you are. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. into the back, to the, back to the drawing board. <laughs> Valentine's well, overrated anyway. Well, someone that had it much worse was Matt Hardy after Crush gave me the late military press. Oh, yes, he certainly did. Pumped him a couple of times just to show how strong he is. Drops him. Goal! <laughs> and Crush finishes with the tilt world backbreaker that was known as the Tour of the Islands. Oh, I didn't. Did they say that on commentary? Because I didn't. Really, I didn't hear that. They didn't, but that's what it was called. No way. Well, crushes the Hawaiian just like Jeff Cobb. I'll be a much taller Hawaiian. I'm not so, of Cobb, who's very powerful. So, did Jeff Cobb call his move tour of the islands after that? Well, I don't so know if he named very it after. Name to accidentally use twice. It's, it's, it's still a cool sounding name, and Crush has been. Not only the deceased for 13 years, but has been out of the business for close to 20. So, yes, yeah, I, mean, so I assume Jeff Cobb must have heard it be called that at some point and went, I'm just going to use that name for my move. Well, he's a fellow Hawaiian, so why not? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, not begrudging it. I'm just saying that that is such a, a specific name. It's not like the like the, the Crush Slam. It's very, it's such a specific name. <laughs> yes. that it kind of, you kind of stumbled across it by accident. You know, nobody accidentally came up with two iterations of the uh, of the Saturn family three-handled credenza. Like that would have that, that doesn't happen by accident. 
Hey, we'll get it right. It's the moss-covered three-handled family gridunza. That's the one. My apologies. Yes. And someone did come up with that. And what someone else also came up with is when JR mentions the detective situation at the end of this match. And I wrote my notes. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> we know where this is going. Tom, let's just hold hands like Thumb and Louise and go into the void together. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to talk about this probably next week. Excited? Yeah. Because I'm a les oh, I won't say anymore. I'm Les Les Miserables is my favorite film. Oh, nearly gave it away there. Hey. Got around it nicely. Oh, not at last we see each other playing. Got around it. Good movie, next- good musical. Oh, isn't it amazing? Love it. Absolutely. I love Broadway, so. So next week's show is going to have kind of a sleeper classic, Lex Luger versus Diesel for the Intercontinental title. I am very intrigued as to how that is going to go. I'll put, I'll put, put it this way. It does not suck. <laughs> the irresistible object meeting the immovable force. <laughs> <laughs> Razor Ramon versus Barry Horowitz. Always happy to see Barry Horowitz on this show. This was a weird match. Oh, it most certainly was. Which begins with Savage saying he likes the ring girl. And JR informs us that she's pretty, even in the dark. <laughs> now, he meant... Well, now, I presumably he meant when the lights were down while Razor was making his entrance. You can still see, mm-hmm. you know, appreciate her features. But there's enough ambiguity Nowadays, in that take line. take it differently. <laughs> you certainly do. And given JR's tweet history. This is him basically warming up for that Bluetooth sponsorship in, in <laughs> 20 years' time. I was about to say something. It would be really, really bad. <laughs> oh, go on! <laughs> you smell different when you're awake. <laughs> <laughs> Sid, I'm upset you didn't put that in somebody's Valentine's card this year. <laughs> You'd have been a winner. Caught a hot classic horror review hardened by the blue chew. <laughs> hardened by blue chew. Do you know what? Just for do you know what I'm gonna do? I, I I might do it. I might see how I do it. I might try and get. I might try and sniff Adam this week on next week on the news podcast and say you smell different when you're awake. I would absolutely love it if you did it. Thanks. I I I would like. I would like that. I would give that the hugest like spike ever. Amazing, amazing. That video would get like a million likes only from me. Leave it with. <laughs> <laughs> you know they make. You know they make blue chew out of, in a lip balm container now. Oh God, here we go. Go on, just hit us with it. It gives you a stiff upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> well, on a down note, uh, this, this match is being officiated by Joey Morella, who. Passed away one week. <laughs> Long year change. I, I never said it was good at segways. All right. We went from one to four. The car's stalling now. We went from one to four. We've flooded. Great. We we flooded the engine. All right. Look. Um. I, I had I had scored down far enough in my notes. I forgot this was coming, so I had to make I had to make my heart on joke. Stop talking like, about Bluetooth. Oh, um, this is like, oh, great. I got, I got to mention this part now. No, I it's sh- fine. It's fine, mate. You're doing a cracking I, I, job. I, sh- I should have prepped a little better, obviously. No, you no, you weren't expecting us to go on to a tangent about Bluetooth. 
Uh, well, I mean, we've gone on a lot of tangents. So. Yeah, exactly. You can't prep tangents, my friend. You prep perfectly. That's true. So it is Joey Morella refereeing. This is a mere 40 hours before he tragically passed away in a car accident that he officiated this match. So it's a little Aww. spooky to see him here. Yeah, according to the Observer this week, no real updates regarding the Joey Morella death. Apparently, Harvey Whippleman has told the other wrestlers reports that Morella wasn't wearing his seatbelt were incorrect. Morella's death wasn't acknowledged on any of the television shows or on the radio show. Uh, Harvey Whippleman had also fallen asleep in the car and awoke when the car had hit a tree after Morella had fallen asleep at the wheel. That comes from The Observer this week. It's, it's only 30 years old. I know. It's terrible. It's a shame he was there for Hogan and Andre at WrestleMania 3. He was there for a lot of big matches and one of the top officials of the company for many, many years. It just seems weird that the way that this company works, that we're still seeing him uh, after he's left us. You could just, these tapings are done so far or so far reaching that we're, we're, we'll still see him in like a month so on the show. On these shows, it's so weird. So Savage and JR start discussing this whole detective thing. I wrote, kill me. <laughs> Savage mentions who this detective, see, here's the gist here. DiBiase is calling in the question on Paul Bearer's claim that he has the real Undertaker and there's two takers, so we're going to have somebody investigate this because apparently this is a felony, and I was unaware of this. So Savage mentions who the detective could be, and this is our bit for the rest of the show. Could be Dick Tracy, could be McGruff the crime dog. And then he mentions <laughs> boxer Leon Spinks. Why did he mention Leon Spinks? Apparently he was had a fight recently or whatever, and then there's being pop culture referency. So Razor's just hammering away on Harwich because, yeah, there is a match going on here. There's a fallaway slam. Then Razor goes for the Razor's Edge because he signals for it, but just does an inside cradle instead and wins. That was really, it was really weird. And he noticed that he did the inside cradle, got the pin, and then just sort of stood up and shrugged. <laughs> Okay, he was going to do something and he just couldn't be bothered. If I felt like they may have had a fallout beforehand. Uh, maybe. I think uh, pays the same. I don't know what you thought of it. Like, did you feel like there was something amiss with this match? Maybe Harvest had a bad neck or something, and and they just um, Razor deferred to it. Could be very, very strange. I don't know. Say, what do you think of this pointless squash match? Uh, pointless. That's about it. I didn't really have any. Thank, thank you. Sid. I was getting a little, getting, getting a little tired at this point, and I was just like, "Is it almost over?" <laughs> yep. Yeah, Brett versus Kid may as well have been in the turn of the go at this point. Yeah, it it really burned me out because I was just like everything after that. I was like, the Paul Heyman part, uh, not Paul Heyman, sorry, Paul Bear Paul, part. Same guy. Was shut up. Um, Paul Bear part was um, uh, really really good, but after that, it was just like. Okay, Matt Hardy, okay, Barry Horowitz, okay. On the, although on the bright side, one thing I did notice uh, was I actually knew every single person wrestling in the show, and that's brand new for me. Up, up until the next match, I assume, when we get to a very special enhancement talent. But before no, that... I actually, I actually did know him. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Okay. We have a special King's Court at DiBiase's office. And DiBiase still wearing his tuxedo indoors in, in his own office. Although I gotta say, his shoes are ratty. <laughs> I was I was less concerned with what DiBiase was wearing and what Jerry Lawler was wearing. 
Oh yes, he's, he's wearing his, his gimmick in, in public. <laughs> he's, so what we have to understand here is Jerry Lawler <laughs> has turned up at Ted DiBiase's office, and obviously he's the million dollar man. So presumably <laughs> there is like security and receptionists, <laughs> and Jerry Lawler's there wearing a big fluffy coat, nothing on underneath, <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. Well, he's a king. He's diplomatic immunity. <laughs> if I walked into town Good like point. that, I would I would be arrested. <laughs> And, and justifiably so. To be honest, his office looks like the most cramped office in the world. It this looks awful, a, doesn't it? This is just some office probably at, at the friggin' Fernwood Resort, wherever the hell they're at. It just, it looks so sad. It's just beige and empty. And it's just all the light, it like light spilling through and it just looks... It looks like a crap office. Like, I expected Laura to walk in and Ted DiBiase be sat there with, like, a chewed-up biro and a piece of paper and a bag of coins on the table saying, please don't tell anyone how I live. Well, maybe, well, maybe if DiBiase's uh, kids got, like, an influx of cash somehow, he could afford a better office for their father. <laughs> I'd, oh, if only there was some way of... Uh, some, some irregularities in the pension fund that they could get around in order to, to, to make that happen. Maybe, just maybe. For old Teddy here, but yes, this um, uh, the the point of this is that DiBiase announces that he's he's acquired Lex Luger, so apparently he's working for WCW now. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, so so Luger has joined the Million Dollar Corporation. So says Ted DiBiase, and he will be in his corner very soon. See how that develops. Are you excited? Yes. I know I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> IRS versus a man by the name of Ray Hudson. Tom, I, I say this every time that there's a jobber with a mullet, but this is my new favorite jobber. <laughs> this is a lovely mulleted boy. This, <laughs> you, you know what I really look like, kind of? Go on. Put a hockey mullet on Sam. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was somebody who could do that for us. John. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> I'm Ray Hudson, and he's a 10 things he didn't know about Owen R. Scheister. Join us. Plays guitar. <laughs> Plays guitar. So, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Sam. You know I love you, right? He um, knows. He knows. Ray Hudson has a mullet and a mustache and looks fantastic. Savage News James Bond is a detective. Had to note that. <laughs> JR calls IRS fundamentally sound, which means boring. <laughs> well, it's, 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 that's, what, that's, that's what it means in code. It really does. It's true. <laughs> He's Boy, clever. Kind of... he, knows, he knows people won't know that, so he can say it. <laughs> yeah, because JR's a seasoned pro. He's been a commentator for this point for like 15 years at least. Maybe he knows 20. words to, to, to kind of sell when something's bad, but without mm -hmm. saying that it's bad. Well, he's working hard, folks. Spot, this, you're so not going to see many headlock takedowns in this match. <laughs> like, like, boy, you're so much lucky to be employed. Well, he's never gone that far. He's not paid by the hour. <laughs> Works fast. <laughs> what he lacks in technique, he makes up for in strength. I love it. The the great commentators, the truly great commentators, can make the worst match sound phenomenal. It's a little bowling shoe ugly. That's what that's what he's given up. 
bowling yeah when when it's bowling shoe ugly that's his that's his admission of yeah this is crap lads <laughs> like, look like i apologize <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just here calling it i don't i don't book it <laughs> oh wait i do <laughs> i work in talent relations of course i do savage savage does his weekly um movie read or he's dropping for for a plug i love and how it's... blatant they make it okay it's your time do your drop in <laughs> Okay, here I go to do my dropping. We, I think I've talked about this on previous on a previous show, but like in when in radio you get you get stuff like this to do, and radio mm-hmm. presenters you you know every, all around the world do stuff like this. But you're told that it says normally in big bold letters at the top, make it organic, make it yours. You know, as long as you get the following key points away, make it yours. Like So if I was to go, okay, now it's time for me to do the drop-in. Here I go, about to talk about this sponsored bit. <laughs> I'm getting slaughtered. But Savage just signposts it so well. It's almost become part of the routine. Well, Savage is known for his subtlety. Oh, you really? The man, the man sat there in a technical hat and cape is one for subtlety. <laughs> yes. And the part that got me is this is the most mainstream movie he's promoted yet, and he got the title wrong. Yep. <laughs> Close of counters of the third kind. <laughs> he would have lost on Wheel of Fortune if he said that. <laughs> My favorite thing was uh, JR going, Don't you mean Close Encounters of the Third Kind? He's like, I know what I said. <laughs> I know Savage. what it means. Savage getting punchy. <laughs> he's, he's had enough. He hates and, and, them. He hates these live reads. You he was like, tell. same thing. <laughs> and a live read during an IRS match. It's, a, it's like a black hat crossing you and shattering a mirror in front of you. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? I guess it kills some of the time when you're not calling. IRS is being slow. Yes, IRS takes some. He takes. He, he takes an hour just to give a damn. <laughs> it's also during this match that JR because and, and this is a definitely a timely reference JR informs us that the WF roster does not go on strike that's because there's no union Jim exactly because baseball major league baseball at this point um, there was a possible labor stoppage coming and spoiler there was the following month there was no world series in 94 as a result and, and, and there will be a series of ads coming soon where they promote the WFR season never ends. That's why everybody's dead. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I remember this. I remember this. And it's so funny how... I love that we live in a time where they'll gloat about something like that and people will actually go the opposite way. Where I think now if they were to say, hey, we're the WWE, we don't have an off-season, the fans would go, you should! <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Give them a break. Give them three weeks off after Mania. It's fine. We won't die. Well, it's... I get that, but I'd rather them just have... You know, rotate guys in and out. You know, give them their own personal offseason rather than just shut the whole operation down. I could see that happening. So is, is that is that what you do? Is that what you do? That's what I would do. Keep the operation okay. going, but, you know, just shuffle guys in and out. You know, does Charlotte have to be on TV 12 months a year? No. I think I think that they should have holidays off every time. Every time I talk about like the company and like when like if they should have an off season, I think for sure it would help them because I think it would keep them kind of fresh. And also, I they need I want them to have holidays off. They have families. It makes me feel awful watching a a raw recorded on uh, recorded live. Uh, well, not recorded live, filmed live on 
on Christmas Day and they're not even with their families and it makes yeah. me feel awful. I agree. And I don't need Raw Live on Christmas Day because I'm exactly. having Christmas Day with my family. I don't care. Exactly. I say that, but then I watch, I watch basketball on Christmas, so I'm, I'm, I'm hardly the one, you know, the authority here. But would you be upset if they said, we're not doing it this year? Probably not. No, you just watch something else and, and they get time with their, with their family. And also, like, these are athletes who work Christmas Day. Like, you want to eat your face off on Christmas Day. Like, you want to eat all the food forever and you can't. And I'm also the wrong person to ask because I, I love Thanksgiving Night Survivor Series, so I'm a terrible person to ask for that sort of thing. Well, no, but I get it. No, I get it. Back on Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, I get it. I get some with Thanksgiving. Maybe, like, yeah. If it was, maybe. But I, I personally wouldn't be upset if that, like, if if major holidays, like Sid said, they didn't have any wrestling. But I also like the idea of what you say, like swapping people in and out, because it's a great chance to, you know, you've got enough wrestlers. You've got mm-hmm. you've got more than enough. Jesus H Christ, you've mm-hmm. got more than enough. And if, like, I know there's obviously the rumor and the innuendo is, like, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are taking time off after WrestleMania. So they're having themselves, like, a, a an off-season, which is great because it frees up the opportunity for other people to come in and other yeah. programs to happen. Yeah, you just, I mean, audience gets burned out in certain people. It, it works out for everyone. Just swap some people in and out once in a while. There's no big exactly. deal. Exactly. You know how we're stalling during an IRS match? We really are. What's the finish? <laughs> uh, well, after working on Ray Hudson's leg ever since the Brett Kidd match started, IRS puts, <laughs> puts him into the penalty, which is a good-looking STF, and draws a submission. So IRS's new finisher, isn't it? The penalty? Yes. Just teach Sheena how to do it. I quite like the write-off, though. It, it, it's a pissing flying clothesline. That's all right. Simple. <laughs> Come out of nowhere. It's a clothesline from heck. Right off from out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, it's the IRO. <laughs> I hear voices in my head. They pay my tax. They pay my rent. They talk to me. <laughs> you got your rules and regulations on how to pay your share. But when rules start getting broken, it's IRS, so I don't care. <laughs> so next week we have Luger versus Diesel. Mabel's going to be in action. Sorry, you're going to miss that, Sid. Man, it sucks. Yeah, Owen's going to be in action, and and then a very sweaty Brett gets interviewed. Puts over Kid Strong, says he's lucky to still be the champ. See that that's how he puts somebody over. Informs us that, and then he calls Owen a fluke. God damn it, I hate this. Yeah, I'm not a fan <laughs> of this line at all. You're a fluke. <laughs> We're supposed to take Owen seriously, like like he's a real challenger. Hogan never called Savage a fluke. And you don't. Like, if your if your if your enemy's a fluke, then why am I watching? A, a, fl- a fluke is something that the heel says. Mm-hmm. As well, you got lucky. You're a fluke. Like Owen Hart wasn't a fluke at WrestleMania 10. We all saw it. Owen Hart out wrestled Brett on that night, clean as a whistle. Yes, and and and. and... And now they're rewriting history because uh, apparently none of people watch Mania 10. They figured, hey, we could change the story. (laughs) 
It's not that they've got a history of uh, changing history, is it? <laughs> no. What are you talking about, Doc? What do you? What do you? What do? You, what happens to us in the future? You come become jerks or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we decide to change the name of the company, and it's just our decision, and no one made us do it. On our own free will, we decided to call it E. We decided to call it entertainment because we had to move away from all that success we had and start afresh. Totally. Because that was part of his argument on that documentary. Oh, we need a fresh start. Yeah, because you've because all, all this all this wonderful money you've made with that brand and that name. Oh, how devastating. How 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 the dregs that you're bringing with you in 2002. Best start again. Oh, what's your first main event with this new regime? Oh, it's Triple H and Hulk Hogan. Get in. Welcome to the house of fun, idiots. Actually, at first it was Hogan versus Taker. Oh, God, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we Jesus. Had we had the christening by having a 1991 one night stand. <laughs> Here we go. It's three minute warning versus the Beverly brothers. Get in everybody. <laughs> Gather around the old telly box. So I had to bring Sean back for the rockers reunion. <laughs> so yes, that was raw this week. A tale of two halves. Well, a tale of one third. Really? <laughs> it was, the first third was exceptional. And then everything else was just so there, it might as well have not been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. It was um, the, the show was over, so here's some filler for a while. And this is it now. Now onwards, we, oh, with the exception of the odd little, maybe little spike on the old chart, hmm. we begin the new generation era in earnest. Uh, oh, I, oh, I'm excited. I, I'm struggling <laughs> to get the cat excited. Remember... <laughs> Thank God Nitro comes along to add that. Actually, jumpstart the show, but until then, who boy. <laughs> I, well, will we... say, I will say that on the bright side, I feel like they kind of made this show the way they did because they knew nothing could top uh, Brett and 123. So that I can kind of understand. It's just like, oh, let's just throw some filler in there because there's nothing that's going to top that match. And it's going to take up the majority of the show. But still, I mean, you could have done better. It is important to note that this match took place when Vince was getting ready for trials. So, mm-hmm. so Yeah, Jerry, see... Jerry Jarrett was running a lot of the operation at the moment, wasn't he? He may have had a hand in it. He... Yeah. I think, he was, I think he was being prepped for a takeover if Vince got convicted. <clears throat> yeah. That... So the plan was, yeah, that was, that was the plan that if Vince went to prison, Jerry Jarrett would run the WWF. Although Bruce denies that. Bruce denied it. Yeah, Bruce has vehemently denied it several times, saying that because of from how Cornette explained it, Bruce felt like he was going to be threatened if, if Jarrett took over because Jarrett didn't like the silliness. So if he came in, then all of Patterson and Pritchard's uh, humor would have gone out the window and it would have been run his way. So, of course, we would have gotten, you know, multi time world champion Jeff Jarrett. So maybe it's for the best that Vince got off. Yeah, I think I, I I do believe that Jerry Jarrett is a very different proposition to Vince McMahon, and the company would have felt very different. <laughs> Can you imagine if Paul Heyman got the company in '94? Oh my God, that is a fantasy booking dream. How soon? How soon would? How soon would USA have canceled Raw? I reckon within half an hour of the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> like my god there's blood everywhere and that's just during the Ray Hudson squash match <laughs> it would have been Hudson Ramon 911 would have come out and just bladed them both 
Sabu versus um, I don't know, uh, George Dwayne South. Gill. <laughs> Every table they're playing is broken. Okay, because they start putting tables back together and breaking them again. Oh my god, my god, what a time that would have been! But that is not for us to discuss. We have reached the end of our podcast this week. Uh, Sydney, thank you for joining us to talk about an old episode Thanks of for Raw. Having me. Would you like to plug your online things? <laughs> can do. <laughs> thank um, you. So you can you can follow me on Twitter at sazoomer4. Uh, I tweet about I tweet occasionally about AEW. Um, I uh, I'm on Discord. I'm just on the um, the uh, cultaholic discord just sydney s and uh yeah that's that's about it and then we have a there's a uh my brother has a podcast but god they never record anymore so uh but uh, at pinned podcast if you want to follow him why does he record anymore uh i don't know the time it's like the saddest plug ever they can't they can't get together and every time they have they do record they never invite me so <laughs> That's just sad. Fuck him. It is sad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Tom's fired Are you up now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine. Just my meds are kicked in. It's fine. No, you're no, you're, you're bad luck folly. Oh, I am. I am. I'm him as well. <laughs> I'm mainly him too. Uh, so that so. He is at JRH Writing as well. Yes. That you is are, a fact. Aren't you? Yeah. I'm trying to remember how I do the outro now. Okay. <laughs> Until <laughs> we are together next time. He is at JRH Writing on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. This podcast is brought to you by Rage Shadow Legends. And if you donate your kidney now, we will give you an in game hat. Made of felt. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. (laughs) 